This is the Pirate Radio Podcast. And welcome into the Pirate Radio Podcast. I'm Shirley Rose. On January 11th, Clip Brock welcomed into the studio ECU baseball pitching coach Austin Knight to the show. We had a chance to talk about the upcoming season and, of course, that all-important pitching lineup. Some cold-weather baseball uh, coming up uh, here in Greenville and uh, across the land as the ECU Pirates get ready to get underway in February for games. But uh, the practices, things like that, uh, have gotten underway now. We're going to talk to ECU pitching coach Austin Knight, who joins us here inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Coach, appreciate your time. How you doing today, man? Doing awesome, man. I appreciate you having me on. Excited to talk some some baseball. And you're right about the, the cold weather part of it. It hadn't been bad yet, but you know, you know how it gets. Yeah, I, I think I talked to JC about it uh, last week. I'll ask you as a, a player and now a coach, how do you balance the, man, I'm so excited to get going for another year with the, man, it's freaking brutal out here. <laughs> well, you know, what's, what's that like for you? Uh, you try not to think about it too much. Um, as a player, I think it was more of the buildup going into the practice or the game. It was like, oh, it's going to be really cold, and then the game starts, and you don't think about it anymore. Uh, now, from the coaching side of things, you're just in the, I'm in the dugout the whole time. So it's not like I'm running first base. I'm not, you know, on the field or anything like that. So I, uh, I, I have to, I have to layer up a little yeah. bit in, in the dugout, and so it's it's not as fun from the coaching side of things. But as a player, you don't think about it too much. Uh, let's talk about your background a little bit as a player and coming up as a, a pitching coach. Is it, I don't know, unique to see catchers in a pitching coach position? They obviously go hand in hand, but uh, I don't know how how unique is that in the world of baseball. Um, I think it's you know not super unique. You know, my my head coach in college, Mike Bianco, he was a catcher as well. Um, I want to say Skip Burtman, who he was actually his head coach uh, when he played. He was also a catcher. So I I think it just depends, right? Um, Now, with with the background, my dad was a left-handed pitcher, and he was also a high school baseball coach for 30 30 years and won a bunch of state championships. So he was always on the pitching side of things and teaching pitching. And and he is, uh, you know, just as far as work ethic goes, he was always working to kind of be on the front end of the pitching spectrum always learning and and trying to grow from that standpoint so I took a ton from him and then of course coaches that I coached with throughout the the course of my career and um, have been fortunate to be around some really really good pitching minds and pitching coaches and uh, learned a lot from them and of course you know you develop your own style and the things that you like to do and how you like to train guys and um, but as far as you know is catchers pitchers I just think from a catching perspective you just you see so much uh, from from your position you have to learn about the entirety of the game, not just what you're doing back there. You got to learn about how the uh, the infielders should be moving, and and of course pitchers, pitchers, and then catchers, and then of course you're talking to the pitchers and, and learning them and the psychology of them. And so, um, you know, it's just I, I like to you know think that the catchers are usually the the more well-rounded players on the field, which is why we see them in that managerial lot uh, yeah. here at ECU, of course, with Cliff, but uh, in Major League Baseball uh, over the years, a ton of catchers, absolutely. Yeah, and, and some really really good ones, and of course, you know, Co- Coach Goblin being being our head coach, he's he's uh, he's seen a lot of it and played a different a lot of different roles as an assistant, and of course as a, a player, and so that's you know, I think that that background is is certainly a big piece of why he does such a tremendous job with our our team. Austin Knight joining us, Pirate Radio Studios. If you have a question for Coach, you can get it in Facebook, YouTube, uh, or X, and we will pass that along. Uh, I talked to Danny Beal last week about how. 
you work with the pitchers and that open line of communication that if uh, if they've got something, they're they're not afraid to come to you. Obviously, it's your job to, to tell them uh, what they're doing wrong, what they need to improve on. But uh, how individualized can you be with the pitcher where you're not giving the same kind of, uh, I don't know, tutelage across the board? You're breaking it down to each individual. Yeah, I think is what we strive to do with every guy in our program, um, especially on the pitching side of things, is that you don't want them to ever feel like they're having to, you know, be the other guy that's standing across from them. You know, they want to have their own individual plans and we're going to coach them a certain way. Um, now, obviously, it has to fall within the structure of our program and what we're doing. Um, but it's, it, it all starts with the relationships with the players, um, which starts in recruiting, of course, and watching them and, and constantly talking with them and getting videos from them and, and just working their way through it and getting them to understand what we value here. And then when they get here, man, it's, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're just learning them when they're freshmen, right? You're learning them, getting them integrated into our into our system, and then learning what they do well, what learning what they don't do so well, and then making plans for each guy. And so it, it is very individualized for us. You know, each guy is their bullpens are structured different ways than uh, the guy standing next to them. Their throwing programs are structured different ways than the guy standing next to them. What they're doing in the weight room is is different than you know Trey Savage and White Lunch for Shinkman. They have different strengths and different weaknesses, so they're doing different things on a daily basis. Um, and so that's something that we're always reaching for and trying to make sure that our guys are, are really diving into their strengths and becoming the, their own best pitcher. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's all obviously with the relationship piece of it. It's an ongoing conversation all the time. And like Danny said, that it is an open line of communication. You know, there's guys in my office all the time. And uh, with those older guys, once you, you get them in the system and you get them to understand who they are as a pitcher and how they are going to get hitters out and, and what they need to do, at that point, it's more fine-tuning and, and, of course, striving to maybe gain more velocity or make the slider move a little bit more or whatever it may be. But uh, with the freshmen, it's, it's more ground zero, work them up, get them ready. Um, and then, of course, over time, they become, you know, what, what the, you see some of these older guys. I want to ask you about uh, some of these pitchers. And uh, I'm not going to start uh, with Trey Savage or Zach Root. I'm going to start with my guy, Danny Beal. Uh, we've gotten to know him and just a, a great personality and gave you credit for uh, adjusting the arm angle and um, him still being able to pitch at a high level. Um, what is he going to bring to the bullpen this year? How important is a, a guy like Bill in the staff? Oh, he's so important because he can serve a, a multitude of roles. You know, he can he can go long relief. He can go short relief. He can close out a game. Heck, I would even start him if we really needed it to. You know, it's it's one of those things. He just can, you know, I think about Garrett Saylor and kind of yeah. what he did in our program the last couple of years. I think that he is very similar to Danny in that, in that way. And, you know, Danny is just unique because there's so many different pitches. And so, it, obviously, the arm slots are shifting and he's able to throw a, a ton of strikes with it. And it's good stuff to go along with it. Um, and so, you got to have a guy like that in your bullpen. And the thing that's that's really good about him being able to switch slots and throw sidearm and do some different things is you don't want everybody in your bullpen to look the same. Yeah. You know, uh, I thought we run, ran into some trouble with that in the bullpen last year. And I, I actually think that's why Danny, a part of why Danny had such a good year is because we had a lot of power arms in the bullpen with a really good slider and they kind of were similar, you know, and with Danny being able to come in and, and switch the pace up, I think that that gave uh, some offenses fit. So I see him serving a, a very similar role and he's just continued to improve over the last you know six seven months as well jamie on youtube as we'll 
uh, we'll go to Trey Savage here. He says, is Trey Savage the best pitcher Austin Ide has ever coached? Uh, also, what makes him so good and uh, and well-known nationally? Well, you know, Gavin Williams is coming back to uh, to town tomorrow to throw a bullpen, so I, I better not. He's all right. To, yeah, I think it's definitely a toss-up, you know, between those two guys. I will say Trey was probably better from just the, the pitchability standpoint. Uh, Type type deal from an earlier stage, um, you know. Gavin really was just the power fastball for a long time um, until really his draft year. Uh, but Trey was able to pick up pitches a lot quicker and and execute them and throw the ball into the strike zone quicker. Um, but what makes him? What obviously he's a tremendous arm, and uh, you know I, I don't want to take any credit away from him by any means. Um, but the thing that makes makes him special in itself is of course it's, it's really good stuff. But he throws a ton of strikes. And his secondary pitches are elite, and they grade out on a major league level at a really high level. Um, and but he's he's coachable, and he's tough, and the makeup is outstanding, and he can handle situations. I think you saw it really his freshman year when we're throwing him out there in bases loaded situation, and he's punching out the side, coming off the field, and you saw a, a guy that could really handle himself on the mound in the biggest situations. And then um, when you have that side of things, you have the mentality side, you have the mental side, and uh, of course you have a lot of talent. It, it turns into something special over time. Uh, you mentioned earlier freshmen kind of coming into the ground floor, and hey, we'll uh, we'll kind of take it slow with them. Uh, Zach Root came on pretty quick and uh, was a huge part of what ECU did pitching in 2023. What uh, improvements did you want to see from him uh, from freshman to sophomore year? Uh, I think just the quality of strikes, and then he needed to really work on his breaking pitches. You know, he came in, and of course, you you notice immediately it's a, it's a high level of talent and. Uh, fastball velocity and the changeups really good, but he just he always had trouble just spinning a breaking ball or a slider or whatever. Well, he's you know he went out in the summer and he pitched the summer and he's fixed that issue. You know he now has two breaking balls. He's got a good curveball and he's got a good uh, slider cutter to go with it. And so he is uh, and he's honestly he's put on weight. He's gotten stronger and he's throwing. He's he's commanding the baseball in the strike zone. It's not just uh, you know control over command. He, he's commanding his fastball to both sides of the plate. The secondaries are in the zone a lot more, and so uh, I think that that really helped with added strength and then just focusing on those things. But he's uh, he's looked really good early on, so I, uh, definitely excited about him. A guy I, I feel like I could see making a big jump, and, and maybe we've already seen it. Uh, he's a household name with Pirate fans now, but wide Lunsford Shankman last year, uh, 49 Ks to 13 walks. Uh, ERA was over four. Record was four and two. Uh, how about why do you see him being a big part of Absolutely. the staff this year? Yeah, he's a stud. He's, he's a stud. He is. He's also worked very hard, and you know he's, he's refined some things and um, as excited about him as anybody on our staff. At this point, man, he's been in a lot of big situations, yeah. big games. He's another guy similar to Danny that I feel like can serve a lot of roles. But uh, one thing is for sure is that he has the right mentality to be out there, and he is throwing the, uh, the the ball into the strike zone at an extremely high level. His stuff has gotten better. The slider's gotten better. The changeup's gotten better. The fastball is sinking and running more than it ever has, and he's throwing it as hard or harder than he ever has. And so, um, you know, I, I really I think this the sky's the limit for that kid, and, and yeah, I think he's going to be a huge part of our success this year we're talking about 
some great returners uh, on this staff, but you are losing some guys. Josh Gross, Carter Spivey, uh, Landon Ginn, Tyler Brott, uh, to name a few. Garrett Saylor, of course, and all the innings he ate up the last couple years and great games he pitched in. Uh, so who? Uh, let's get to some newcomers, Coach. Who are you excited about as far as newcomers? Yeah, go? I think that there's quite a few of them. You know, our, our freshman class from Ethan Norby, Parker Thomas, J.D. Little, Corey Costello, uh, really all those those freshmen are really they're coming along and uh i i could see them serving a role now what's that look like we'll see you know um but they're definitely talented enough to help us win a lot of games and then you look at the the guys we brought in out of the transfer portal uh drew Bryan, uh chris kaler uh aaron groller guys like that they're all just older guys who have been in the fight they've been in the mix and uh and uh, and know what we expect to be honest and so yeah we, we've lost a good bit and those are some really talented and good arms I, you know four of those guys are pitching in professional baseball now Um, but with the guys that we've you know got coming back I think we have a really good strong group of guys coming back even guys that maybe haven't held as big of a role as um, as some others but you know you talk about Jaden Winter and Eric Ritchie and all those guys those are guys who have made big jumps from uh, the spring last year and so I think the combination of those guys with those young uh, freshmen who are improving and and it's just more about getting those freshmen in in the right situations and uh, not you know just throwing them into the fire as as quickly as possible it's, it's, let's give them some confidence and continue to to bring them along so that at the end of the season they can be uh, big difference makers for us yeah one of those guys in the pros you're talking about carter spivey uh, who we will talk to friday here on pirate radio live you said you were fired up when uh, he told you that yeah news earlier yeah this week. he called we actually had uh bullpens it was on tuesday we were we were inside and we had bullpens going and uh spivey called me right as we were about to start up and i saw it and i was like this has to be important because he wouldn't be calling me you know he knows that we've got bullpens rolling and, and doing different things and he uh i answered the phone and told him hey man we got some bullpens going what's going on and he said uh you know i won't i won't take long but you know the guardians just offered me a a uh, contract and i'm taking it and i just you know i got chills because that that kid has worked extremely hard and he has a really cool story um and he's he's overcome a lot to get to where he is now and even you know after last year the kid goes out and he pitches an independent ball and he pitches extremely well and he continues to work his tail off and and uh, I just you know I couldn't be more excited for him and his opportunity I think he's going to thrive I think he's going to do really well in professional baseball uh, I, it is a fantastic story and how you can overcome and how you can't write off a guy because I knew I made a tweet about it uh, it was May 23rd 2022 uh, in 2019 Carter Spivey made seven appearances had an ERA of 19.5 uh, 2022 pitcher of the year so i think you can show that to anybody struggling and say hey guys this ain't the end of the road you got time to, to make this up you know yeah 100 percent. and that's the story of him just finding himself you know and uh he went out in 21 and you know in 21 he just didn't really pitch well for us and went out in summer ball and uh you know figured some things out came back with the the cutter that honestly made in 2022 made him the pitcher of the year for us and uh and he grew in confidence and and his stature out there and everything that he did but um it is a really unique story and it's it's one of those deals is it's, it's good for even coaches to hear because hey sometimes hey we just need to stick it out with kids and you you don't yeah. have to you know uh close the book because you don't never know when is you know what day it might click for a kid to, that really uh helps them take the step forward 
You mentioned summer ball. I, I, I bring this up every time, but Alec Burleson had a, a good freshman year here at East Carolina, then went and played summer ball and was like the Babe Ruth of the Cal Ripken League right. and just never stopped hitting after mm-hmm. that. Uh, something similar maybe with Dixon Williams and some guys uh, this past summer. But it, it feels like we're talking to guys – they're they're really loose and they're playing, but at the same time getting better and probably gaining confidence. Right. And uh, you, you kind of touched on that a moment ago. Is that something that that summer ball can really serve a purpose there, getting a player confidence? Yeah, absolutely. I, I tell a lot of kids this that the freshman year is such a toss up um, a, a lot of times, just because you know you're away from home for the first time. You got all these coaches who are extremely demanding and, and asking you to work harder than you've ever worked in your whole life, and then also in the in the classroom yeah. and in everything that you're doing. And, you know, a lot of kids, that takes a toll on it. My, me, myself, it took a toll on my freshman fall, you know, when Coach Goblin was an assistant, just riding my tail like a, a horrendous mule, you know. And so it just takes time to really figure yourself out. And, and uh, you know, you go into the spring, and, and some of these kids, they may not get consistent at bats. So they may not get consistent right. innings. Well, this is the time that they can go out, and they're going to get consistent innings. They're going to get consistent at bats, and they've left here, you know, our place, and they know what we expect and what they need to get back better at and all those things and so they can be very uh very focused on the details of, of those things but it's like you said it, summer ball is different it's, it's it's a very loose environment for uh the majority of places and you're going to be in the lineup every day if you go over for the day before or whatever and so you're, you're constantly working on things and getting better but i think the majority of times when guys go out and play in the summer and they come back they they're they're different players uh and a lot of times it just has to do with confidence and i i think it's set up beforehand right as far as how many innings you want a guy to get and things like that so how much are you in contact with these summer coaches uh, with your guys a ton and yeah. of course with the players as well yeah. uh really weekly with the players after their outings talking to them uh understanding what went well what didn't went well what we're working on getting me video different things like that and then we uh we we talk to the 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 coaches you know i mean seven eight ten to ten months in advance you know we actually set these kids up with where they're going to go play in august okay and so we have a lot of prior relationships with the people that we send the players to as well and so um constantly in contact with with both sides of it of course and and just continuing to build the relationships with the players and get to know them and and you know help them uh, as they as they grow in our program I'd like to ask guys this, uh, as a player, what was your favorite time playing baseball? And, I mean, that could go to Little League. It could go, you know, to high school, Legion, travel, summer, college. Yeah. What was your uh, your favorite time you in know, your life playing I, I, ball? I've been lucky. I've been lucky to be a part of some some really good teams. So, uh, my dad was my high school coach. We won four straight state championships wow. uh, in high school and had won 67 games in a row at one point. Um, and so, I had, a, I had a group of guys that literally I grew up playing with from the time I was, you know, eight years old until I was 18 years old. That's awesome. And so, that was a pretty unique time and, and we were very good and won a lot and then uh, got to uh, be a part of the team in 2014 that went to Omaha with Ole Miss for the first time and I can't even remember how many years and that year in itself was was very special to to accomplish that goal with a bunch of older players and you know a coaching staff that had worked extremely hard and been on the, the verge a lot and so um, you know those those years are the ones that when I think about my playing days I, they're irreplaceable you know and uh, when 
when I finished my career, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm good. You know, I don't need to go chase the free agency. I know I want to coach, but, I, you know, you're going from a really special place, uh, playing at Ole Miss in front of 10,000 people to playing in the back backfields in Florida. I'm like, nah, I'm good on that. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've had, um, you know, I've had some really cool uh, experiences, so I was I was good at that point. Man, so you see, like, the UCLA basketball winning streaks and these winning streaks in football, that's one thing. But baseball, with all the, you know, you got different arms on the mound. You're, you're not hitting the ball one day to win that many games in a row i've never i don't think i've ever heard that i know it's it's a state it's a state record in in mississippi and um you know that's my my dad is just he was a tremendous coach and and instilled a ton in me as far as work ethic goes and he he was you know the first guy is talking talking about detail orientation and he was on us all the time because he knew we could be good I, i remember us 10 running uh you know 10 run rolling teams and us running after the game because we didn't execute a bunt in the second inning or something like yeah. that you know and so um you know a lot of credit has to be given to him for that pitching coach of the pirates austin knight joining us here inside the pirate radio studios got a few questions on facebook and youtube uh that we'll get to and uh this is more of a comment i guess a comment and a question johnny johnny stat says i watched cam clonch strike out five batters in two innings in the valley league in 2021 did he ever try to pitch here at east carolina yeah he pitched um at least in two falls that we had and you know he he threw a ton of strikes he's in the mid 80s as a left-hander um but he 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 just kind of had some arm issues early on and so at that point you start prioritizing what how he's going to help us more and that was with the bat of course and so he actually pitched a little bit last fall um just because we didn't have a ton of left-handers just to give give some looks for for our guys because we were so left-handed heavy at the plate needed them to see some more left-handers so he pitched a little bit and did fine but um but he has not pitched this year and I, i don't envision him pitching this year but hey who's to say well coach godwin yourself uh this staff recruits athletes and very versatile guys right you like guys that can do different things so how about on this year's roster any two-way guys for you yeah colby wallace is a freshman um plays corner infield and pitches as well also you know a really good hitter um but strong physical kid and and he is uh he's really got a future on both sides of it i think you know um he's at the plate he's got a ton of power and really good on the infield and an accurate arm and on the mound he's you know low 90s with a, a break ball and a good cutter and a, and a developing changeup and throws a ton of strikes and so uh you know another guy that you could you pr- probably will see in the mix because he is a competitive he's a competitive kid and and handles himself well yeah and you, you gotta do that if you're gonna go both ways i mean it's hard enough to to hit the ball hard enough to get a guy out to do both how do you make sure you're not kind of giving a guy too much in yeah that situation? just by prioritizing you yeah. know um early on in the fall we didn't do a ton with them pitching wise just because we wanted to see him at their base and see him on the infield and see him play um but this sp- early spring we have been more uh you know focus on the pitching side of things not to say he's not doing everything on the hitting side but he's uh closer to a, a normal pitching plan with him throwing multiple bullpens during the week and and when he's uh doing that he's not throwing as much across the infield with coach palumbo and so he's still getting ground balls and all that it's just <coughs> the the throwing is uh less involved across the infield and uh just more on a, a normal throwing plan that the pitchers would do uh kurt asking what is the plan for midweek arms this season said last season we struggled in the midweek against quality competition 
uh what is the plan coach yeah i think that that will develop over time you know as we get into um as we get into the spring inner squads and different things like that you know i think going into last year you thought garrett sailor was going to be a big reliever but uh for the most part he, he ended up turning into a starter and throwing in the middle of the week uh the most important thing is that we have options which you know we do uh and it could be a situation where it depends on what happens on the weekend you throw one of your uh, your better bullpen arms as a starter in the middle of the week or you can start uh freshman or one of the transfers but I, I i do think that we have plenty of options that are quality to go out there and pitch in the middle of the week it's very rare i mean hell even in the big leagues but certainly on the college level and here at east carolina that your starting weekend rotation is the same as it is in you know uh march april may yeah uh due to injury due to performance due to young guys getting better and all that so um you got to be kind of coaching on the fly in in some ways right uh making sure you have the right guys in the right spot as the season goes along just because it starts that way in february doesn't mean it's always going to be yeah absolutely of course and that's you know obviously you're just reading how guys are doing and are they healthy are they feeling good are they effective or are they continuing to to go in the right direction that you want them to and so it's uh you know ideally i think we'd all like to have four set starters and they all throw seven sure. innings and, and you know and you have a closer that closes every game it's not a video game though it's, right it's not <laughs> and you see it in the big leagues as well you know i just think it's funny uh because as soon as you hit the 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 playoffs uh the starters don't throw more than five innings ever ever you know and of course it's a long season and a little bit different than college and and of course you want you want your starters to pitch deep into the game especially on the front end of a of a weekend but the reality is is that you're you're probably not going to have four or five guys that can throw seven innings every single time that they go out there and so you gotta that's why you gotta have you have to have you know 15 14 13 quality arms that can go each innings and pitch quality innings like you said in the middle of the week because we're going to play good teams in the middle of the week we're going to play good teams on the weekend they're all important and so uh you know i think that is it's all about who's uh who's feeling good who do we use on the end of the weekend who can start the game who do we need in the middle of the game and who do we need to close the game and we will throw the best uh the best available arms that's for sure because we want to win those games seems like cliff's philosophy has not had you know go to one big time shutdown trevor hoffman closer right right? it's kind of closer by committee is that kind of the the way you plan on doing it this year yeah i think that you have to like everyone you need to understand that the game can be won and lost in the fifth inning you know, right. it can be one and lost in the sixth inning. Yeah. Of course, it can be one and lost in the ninth inning as well. So you'll send your best guy out there right, in a key right. spot. Yeah, you don't ever want to lose a game leaving your best bullet in the chamber, yeah. right? You want to empty that out and, and make sure that we're in the game towards the end and that our offense has a chance to win the game or that we can we can finish that thing out. And that's where you've seen in the past where, you know, our best bullpen guy, he may go in in the sixth and he may finish the game. You know, he may finish the game or, or bridge us to the ninth and you go to the next best guy, depending on the matchups. And, and of course, that just depends on the game and who started the game and who's pitching and what kind of matchup we have and what kind of look we want to give uh, the opposing offense and what they're you know what they're trying to do to, to us I mean there's a there's a ton that goes into that a uh, question from Jamie on YouTube interesting do, do the coaches know when MLB Scouts are at the games if so do you get a heads up do you relay that to the players do you have a conversation at all like what, what's that no i mean we we know in the fall that they're coming because coach palumbo will send out an email just to communicate with them to make sure that our guys are being seen um but outside of that you know they may ask about certain guys uh when they may be pitching right when, when are they gonna pitch friday they can pitch saturday um but i don't think we necessarily know that they're at the game unless we talk to them during bp i mean they're there from the time we we hit bp until 
of course, you know, the end of the game. Um, and as far as addressing it with our players, it's, it's not really talked about. No. I mean, that's just part of being a, a part of a good program is that you're going to be seen. You're going to you're going to have scouts in the stands and they're going to be watching you. And so you don't want to make that a big deal because, you know, we're playing we're a team. We're playing for each other, not for the people, in the, you know, the, the scouts in the stands. High school coaches, uh, showcase coaches, obviously are are in the year of college coaches saying, "Hey, you got to see this guy. You got to you got to check out this guy." Does that go up a level? Like, do you know people from organizations saying, "Hey, this Spivey guy, you got to give him a shot"? Or uh, are you out there talking yeah, about of, your guys? Of course, now to a lower lower level, right. of course. But the scouts are always asking about guys, and of course, we're pushing guys that we, like Spivey that we feel like um, you know should should be given an opportunity. Now, does that mean they're always going to listen to us? No, <laughs> of course not right um and even you know with the guardians this time i I had talked to the guardians guy a a while back Mm -hmm. about spivey you know and so i actually didn't see this coming down the pipeline and i think that spivey had a pro day and he sent them some video and they're like yeah we'll give you a shot let's roll you know and so yeah you you of course have people in the industry that you trust and of course that trust you and so you're uh you're communicating with them and trying to get give our guys the best shot to to move forward and advance their careers uh, I asked uh, Jeff Palumbo this the other day, just about all the success East Carolina has year in, year out. You know, you, you got to flip it, and, and it's a whole new year, and, and how do you stay hungry? And gave a pretty good, obvious answer. Uh, that, that main carrot's still out there, getting to Omaha. So yeah. how about yourself uh, with all the success that uh, this team has had, the pitching uh, that has had over the years? How do you stay hungry? How do you uh, just keep motivated for the next year? Well, I think it starts with exactly what Coach Palumbo said. You know, we set out with a goal every single year uh to win a national championship and and unfortunately if you don't do that there's only one team that gets to do that um but that goal is still out there moving forward and it will be even if you win a national championship so right. it's, it's something that you're chasing and it's it's uh it's, you know as far as that goes it's probably unattainable to really be uh satisfied with um but as far as you know from the day-to-day and all that stuff i just think that it's just a hunger within our coaching staff within our team just to be the very best that you can possibly be on any given day right it's just the, the the constant chase of excellence and, and pursuing just being the best version of yourself. And so, um, you know, of course, we all want to win a national championship, but ultimately, I think we all want to be just the best versions of ourselves and want to be as, as good as we can possibly be. And we want our players to be as good as we can possibly be. And so, you know, that's what gets us out of bed is that, you know, we have a bunch of 18 to 22, 23 year olds that are in a very crucial time in their life. And we want them to be the best human beings, the best baseball players, the best students, the best husbands, the best fathers and that to me is where you know that's where uh satisfaction comes from more than anything yeah i tell coach godwin this and and i've interacted with uh some pitchers uh wide and danny and i hadn't even brought up jake hunter the dancing man yeah. uh but uh all just great guys and i think that says a lot about the the players you are bringing into this program yeah and coach palumbo of course being the recruiting coordinator does a, an outstanding job on the front end of that of of making sure that the kids are are hard workers and diligent and good students and and uh exactly you know a good fit and then but that's important you know that's that's extremely important to all of us because you don't want to be around a bunch of kids that you don't like that are talented that maybe don't mesh into your culture and all that stuff i mean you know for me i want to show up to the field and love the kids that i'm going to be around and, and enjoy being around them and, and be able to cut up with them while we're cut while we're working hard and and uh and getting them better and so um you know that of course is on the front end of things and then with you know coach goblin and the way that he runs his program these kids are just going to become better men and better leaders in society and so they do but they become very enjoyable kids to be around and man I, just talking about that i went back thinking about elaine hoover a Garrett Saylor like it is 
you want Lane to hit the ball, but even if he strikes out 20 <laughs> times in a row or Sailor gives up eight home runs in a row, they're still going to help your team some way just because mm-hmm. of the guys they are. Now, luckily, they were also good ball players, but yeah. uh, just uh, just great guys. And we like we see those guys leave the program. You're like, man, who's going to fill those shoes? Well, it's it's about the culture. Every year, somebody is filling those shoes. Yeah, and I think that's really cool. And I think that's you know any organization it, it has to have that a little bit. Is that the, when these these pivotal leaders they leave the team or leave the organization and they're through attrition or graduation or whatever it may be, um, you have people that they had an impact on yeah. that want to have that impact on younger players or the the new coming players and then you know over time whenever you you have that type of leadership within your program it just continues to go now you still have to work on it every single day you know you still have to work on it and make sure that we're we're holding true to our standards and holding each other accountable but um, whenever these kids are self-driven to be leaders and to help the, the the people standing next to them that are wearing the same jersey than them you've got something that's that's really special uh jamie on youtube brought up uh said austin and the coaches did a good job going into the postseason last year getting ginn to speed up his routine that was a lot of talk about that uh so that was a new rule last year i guess this year do you have a physical clock yeah uh, okay yeah. In, yeah. in the stadium and so we'll have one on the scoreboard and, and i believe behind home plate oh, did any big problem with that last year for you being just, year just one? in the conference tournament <laughs> you know i mean I, we we really we pride ourselves on having good tempo and, yeah. and being fast-paced and you know you think about uh you know college football and the in the in the no huddle offense and things like that that's what you want to think about whenever you're you're pitching within reason you want to be in control of yourself but we want to have that sort of pace that makes the the hitter uncomfortable and keeps our defenders engaged um but yeah landon sure was taking his sweet time uh in the conference tournament had to strike out a couple guys uh multiple times to to get the last out and so um you know that's that's just typical landon for you honestly (laughs) you know it's just one day he's doing it slow one day he's doing it fast one day he's uh, who knows he's standing on his head he's just he's uh he's a special character um and you know I, I i mean i love that kid i was so thrilled that he was a part of our program uh last year and, and it worked out where he could come back and we could help each other out and um you know I, I talked to him yesterday he's a guy that's constantly reaching out and so uh but that 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 was a that was a frustrating 10 oh, yeah. minutes for sure in that conference tournament i think coach godwin's yelling out throw the ball throw the ball in <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, was a new rule going into last year. I've seen some changes. I don't think it affects uh, anything you got going on as far as walk-up music for a regional, uh, as far as I think the new parameters on RPI and how that's determined. Yeah. Anything on the field? Any rule no, changes? No, nothing yet. I mean, just some things that they're going to, uh, you know, keep an eye on thing of course 20 second clock uh pitcher delivery positions different things like that but nothing nothing new um other than like you said the walkout what would your walkout song be um i you know i'm usually asking that uh but i think my answer would be maybe the nwo theme some that's wrestling theme yeah, like a that's a good one. I think a wrestling theme gets a good crowd pop yeah so i think maybe nwo how about yourself what did, did you have one yeah, uh, in college? I had a bunch of them. I mean, I can barely remember them now. I, I did. I did no diggity one year. <laughs> um, a black street. Yeah, I did the way you move as well. Outcast. Outcast. Yeah, you know, I like music, so I uh-huh. feel like I got a decent taste in music. Um, but now I have no idea. It'd probably be some old school rap, though. Well, I was gonna say, like, I I know those songs. I don't think I know any music made after that. No. Like, at a certain point in time, I just kind of gave you up. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Alex. Me too. If they had walked out music so ecu is going to punt 
they have walkout music for the long snapper what would you choose let me go uh john cena's theme song all right yeah you play any baseball in your day i I played baseball all up until high school okay what position and uh i played uh first base and pitched all right big guy put him over at first yeah pretty perfect yeah wasn't very fast how about you uh what other sports did you play i played basketball um my my uncle's a college basketball coach uh in mississippi nai okay winning his college basketball coach in the history of mississippi um you were destined to be a coach it sounds like yeah my 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 (laughs) grandfather was a college football coach as well it was just in the blood that's awesome literally i remember talking to my grandmother about what i wanted to do for a living and it was just going through all these things and she just looked at it she stopped me and said you're gonna coach (laughs) i said yes ma'am um there you go but i played basketball and then I, i played a little bit of football uh um, you know, when I was younger and when I first got into high school, but I just realized very quickly that I wasn't that athletic and I wasn't that good at any of these sports. And I probably need to focus on uh, doing something that's going to help me pay for college one day. Although so. I've heard Cliff talk about that. He likes guys that play other sports, like right. maybe not right. as, you know, super into it as, as baseball, but, but guys that are versatile. Yeah. Like and it, it does. We all do. Yeah. Right. And so maybe that's why I'm here. Right. I'm multi-sport yeah. <laughs> athlete at some point in my life so i get you to coach at east carolina austin uh <laughs> thank you for hanging out man we'll uh we'll catch up with you again on media day uh coming up in a couple mondays from now and looking forward to the season but i uh, appreciate you joining us today man yeah absolutely appreciate you having me I had fun you've been listening to the pirate radio podcast an exclusive presentation of pirate radio the voice of the pirate nation 